welcome back to the Murder Board Podcast. I'm your host, Walter, and tonight I am joined with Zaria. Hello. And back from a long hiatus, John. How's it going? Welcome back, buddy. And joining us, we have a very special guest. I This is why I really love this season of the podcast. Um, this man is one of the most talented people that I've ever met and one of the coolest people. Every time I'm around him, I feel like an adult. Um, we have Alex. Welcome to the show, Alex. What do you do, baby? Walter, you are entirely too kind to me, my man. <laughs> I try to be. I try to be. But no, seriously. Um, okay. Kind of, If you listen to our Lost Boys episode, I did a whole thing there when we introduced Aaron onto the show earlier this year. This, or I guess, yeah, earlier this year, I was in a production of Rent, and I met a lot of cool people. And Alex is also one of those cool people. I was actually Alex's understudy in the role of Benny, and Alex killed it every night to the point where I didn't even need to go on stage. I was just backstage watching him, <laughs> and it was one of the best experiences working with this man. And you, I just, I, you, I, you really have to like meet him, but I, hopefully this podcast will be enough because this guy has one of the biggest personalities and just such a like kind person. Like, um, I don't know how to like really explain it, but like, he's just a really cool person. <laughs> it's just like, it's beyond words for me, but yes, welcome to the show, Alex. I'm so glad to have you on. I'm smiling so big over here, man. Thank you for that intro. You are like one of the coolest people I've ever met. Um, yeah, like the my experience with the rent, the entire rent cast, like you especially, and you know, Aaron was dope. But like, man, just I'm really excited to be uh, on the podcast with you, man. I, I've like ever since. So I recently got a uh, you know I got a cushy office job where I don't have to talk to people anymore. I just deal with <clears throat> invoices and uh, billing all day and accounting. But um, I have a lot of time to listen to podcasts, so I went back and I listened to a lot of uh, the murder podcasts, because I mean, you remember you mentioned you had one, and I started with the Lost Boys, and I kind of just worked my way down to the stuff that I was familiar with, because I'm not really a horror movie guy, but like when you did Lost Boys, Lost Boys is one of my favorites. I really enjoyed listening to you guys talk about that, yes. and I really enjoyed listening to you guys uh, talk about uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, and like the X Trilogy, which like... I remember liking a lot when I was a kid, but like I wasn't super into it, like going into it as an adult. But then I listened to the podcast and I was like, damn, I need to watch these movies again. Uh, can we touch on this? I know, I, I don't know. Yeah, 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 you're good. You're all good. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I didn't know if I said to myself, especially since we're doing a kid's movie tonight. Oh, yeah. No, kid's movie or not, this episode's still going to be marked explicit because I will not hold back my language. <laughs> Word, word. And let's, let's keep it a buck. Scooby-Doo is, I mean, it's for kids, but is it, though, like, really? Yes. <laughs> like, we'll, 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 we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But, yeah, super excited to be here. Super excited to uh, talk with John and Zarya. Like I said, I, 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 podcast, you guys are so cool. I love your sense of humor and, like, your, in, your insight into things. So I'm ready to get into this. I'm super excited. Let's do it. Yes, yes. Oh, thank you for listening also. That, I, that like makes me so happy that x trilogy is kind of the reason why we've been kind of backed up because i took my time with those and then as well as like doing other things but i'm so glad someone has has the urge to listen to it and decide to go back that that's really cool because i love those x-men movies much like how i love scooby-doo we will get into everything here um another thing i want to say before we really officially start the conversation is that if Tonight we are discussing Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island from 1998. 
So if you have not seen this movie, this is your spoiler warning. And if you have, I hope you enjoy our little show here. Um, Scooby-Doo is not unfamiliar with this podcast. We, me, Zaria, Shelton, and uh, Savannah did the original 2002 movie way back. And I want to say 2021-ish, probably. And it was it was one of the funniest uh, experiences because Shelton was just rolling over and dying the entire time. Meanwhile, me and Zarya are cracking up at every little joke, <laughs> and it was so much fun. Um, so I decided to bring Scooby Doo back. I wanted to do the second movie earlier this year, but it got cut from the list. So I was like, "Well, Halloween time, we got to do Zombie Island," and I in just in time. Because we have recently been within the what twenty fifth anniversary, um, I believe is what it was. Uh, last episode, I think me and Zari went over at the end of that episode how Zombie Island has kind of reached its anniversary point, and just coincidentally, no planning on my part, unsurprisingly, um, they, we just happened to fall in the the month of its anniversary. So, what better way to celebrate it than to go back and talk about it? Um, first question though. And uh, I do want to go to John here because we haven't heard from you in a minute, dude. Um, were you, I, I don't remember you being any kind of a Scooby-Doo fan, but are you a Scooby-Doo fan? Do I enjoy Scooby-Doo? Yes. When I was younger, I actually liked it less than I would say that I like Scooby now. So, you know, but I definitely enjoyed the movie. It was fun. Alrighty. And then Alex, our uh, special guest, you know, did you grow up with Scooby-Doo? Are you, a, would you consider yourself a Scooby-Doo fan? Oh, I absolutely grew up with Scooby-Doo. I grew up with like the OG, like the OG cartoon with the terrible animation. <laughs> like, um, and how, I'm sorry, how old did you say Zombie Island was again? I want to say 25. It came out in 98. Uh, yeah. Same age as us. <laughs> Me. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all three of us were born in 98 so yeah i was born in 97 I'm okay turning okay. 26. okay well sorry guys somewhat got in uh, a year above us but yeah oh god <laughs> where's my walker i'm like i'm 31 y'all <laughs> <laughs> it's not that far behind but yeah you're like the prime audience then <laughs> yeah like i was i was there way way back in the day like i remember like all those all those like jangly like like 70 like 60 70s pop songs that they used to have that was my favorite during the, during the chase scenes where they had like the the like the pop songs playing i loved that shit and then they kind of redid that with i don't know if you guys i don't know if you guys remember a pup named scooby-doo yeah but like that was the shit like the, ch the chase music for that show was so good they had i'm pretty sure that was Lil richard doing the theme song for a pup named scooby-doo and it was like Lil Richard was just doing whatever the hell he wanted in like the nineties. Yeah, he was high and was loving life. Yeah, he was doing cartoon. He was doing cartoon theme songs left and right. He did the Magic School Bus. Like it was, oh god, he was having the time of his life in the nineties. R.I.P. Lil Richard. He's oh my god, yes. legend. Oh, man, but, I forgot that was him in Magic School Bus. <laughs> that was him on the Magic School Bus. It was crazy. But no, like Scooby Doo is like one of those OG cartoons. Like I didn't, I didn't love. The Hanna Barbera cartoons. I was more of a Looney Tunes guy, but like I always, I always caught Scooby Doo, and I I just remember like the Chase music and like all of those fun songs, and like you can't find those anywhere anymore, and it breaks my heart because it's like good songs. I love the Chase music in in the OG Scooby Doo. You just can't find it anywhere, and that makes me sad. Somebody needs to like 
dig up a comp- a compilation of those songs because it, it was a great time. It was a great. It was a lot of fun. Yes, I 100% agree. I'm also kind of like a, a seeker fan of that like 60s pop. I kind of went over this when we did Riverdale uh, a few episodes ago, where I do love that like Archie's kind of style. Um, and Scooby Doo was a big part of that. And Scooby Doo to me is the other side of Archie. Uh, as far as like pop culture history goes um but yeah um zarya i know we kind of went over this back in our episode way 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 back but for refresh our minds are you a fan of scooby-doo where where are you at with this property yes i am a fan of scooby-doo um i think i said this uh i was more of a fan of what's new scooby-doo yeah um so like what is that like 2003 2005 uh that one yep just after that the movie. Is- that is my all-time favorite. Like the, that's like the TV show-wise. That's my favorite one. Uh, my sister's favorite one is the one from the seventies. Like she loves that one. Um, but yeah, I love Scooby Doo. Um, what did Freddie Prince Jr. say? It's a talking dog. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I love that video so much. It's such a great like. Sarah Michelle Geller has like a whole like in depth reason why she loves scooby-doo and she loves the property and he's just like yeah it's a talking dog what's not to love yeah <laughs> she was like it's no it's not a girl's cartoon it's not a boy's cartoon it's a cartoon for everybody and then it cut the freddie prince like, it's a talking dog talking. <laughs> shout out to freddie prince and sarah michelle geller two of the most beautiful people on god's green earth gotta love them yes shout out to that editor who did those behind the scenes because he knew exactly what he was doing <laughs> what he was doing that that i gotta i gotta go back and listen to that podcast now because like i love the OG Scooby-Doo, and I, I just remember, like, it was definitely ahead of its time. And wasn't it, wasn't James Gunn that directed yep. that? James, well, he didn't it direct James... it, but he wrote and, like, produced it. He, yeah. he, and, like, that's crazy to me. And, like, it's, again, it, that movie was just very much ahead of its time. And the soundtrack, like, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a musician, guys. I'll plug the band later. But um, I'm very, I'm very big on music and like the soundtrack for the OG Scooby-Doo movie. It's the only place you get Simple Plan and Outcast on the same album. Bro, like, yes. That's, that's <laughs> never, something like that is never going to happen again. <laughs> I love going back and rewatching like the music videos because they had like these very elaborate u- music videos for that movie. And like Matthew Lillard is like dancing next to Outcast, and then you go to like the the other ones and it's like what is what were they doing <laughs> they were having the time of their fucking lives that's what they were doing it was a, it was a beautiful time in the early 2000s oh yes. god let's see uh as far as i go i've said it before i'm a huge scooby-doo fan i love these i'm not a super super fan like you know i'm not an og fan like that so don't get me wrong like i don't collect stuff yet but I have always kind of grown up with Scooby-Doo. You know, I'm a big fan of, like, mystery stuff. And for me, it all starts with Scooby-Doo as far as, like, the mystery genre goes. I've heard people call it, like, gateway horror, which I believe that is where it's kind of elevated to. So I'm very – I'm also, like, very forgiving. I'm also very open because I do love more versatile franchises and stuff. And I think Scooby-Doo is kind of, like, the king of that. You can literally do anything with this property, and it'll come out decent. And, yes, even Velma, but I will get into that a little bit later. Um, me per- <laughs> me personally, I love Scooby Doo. I did kind of uh, despite being in that era of like the you know pr- after the two thousand movie, really this era where we would kind of be at the tail end of these like four straight to DVD movies. But like 
from 2002 onwards, Scooby-Doo, you know, I do remember watching a pup named Scooby-Doo on television, mainly through Boomerang, but Cartoon Network re-ran Scooby-Doo Where Are You thousands and thousands of times. But even like my earliest memories is that I did have like a, a DVD or a VHS of like some of the episodes kind of like condensed um, on like, yeah, like I said, like a VHS or DVD of Scooby-Doo Where Are You? So I did kind of, my first recollection is though, is that original cartoon um, watching that over and over, and then it would shift over to a pup named Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, where uh, Scooby Doo, what's new Scooby Doo, I should say, and then you know, onward. I've always kept up with it, it's always been in my life, and nothing brings the cornerstone of Scooby Doo like Scooby Doo on Zombie Island, which we will talk about. But before we get into that, there are some things that have happened that I want to talk about first and get some opinions on. Number one, the writer strike has ended. So people are going back to work as of next week, as of this recording. Um, people are excited, meaning a lot of productions are going to start ramping up again. Stranger Things 5 and... Uh, Let's go! Yeah, yeah. We got, uh, I believe, Mortal Kombat as well, because I think they have a trilogy planned. There's a lot of TV shows. Euphoria is kind of starting to come back on track. Although the the actors are still on strike, but there are ne- uh, negotiations happening. Um, now, I want to go into a larger uh, explanation of what the agreement they reached will be. But I won't do that this episode just because there's a lot to cover and it just happened. So I'm going to wait a little bit for one to learn more about it and see what the agreement is and where we are headed. But I am very happy that, you know, we spent pretty much all almost half of the year, more than half the year, just waiting for an answer. And so now we finally got one for the writers. We're still waiting on the actors though. They're still on strike. So which my guess will probably come to its conclusion probably at the end of the year. Meaning, oh boy, guys, uh, when 2024 and 2025 come around, we're probably going to get some of the best content we've ever had just because a lot of these people, you know, as a person who considers himself as a writer, when you keep a writer, you know, off writing, your brain piles up with nothing but concepts and you just write them down and then eventually you'll get to them. So I'm, you know, given that this year and probably next year, we're gonna have like a lot of writers go into a lot of unique things. Um, and I think that's pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, Zarya, I know you've been kind of help keeping track with, uh, with us on this whole writer strike. How you feel about it? How you feel about them finally reaching an agreement? I mean, I'm happy that they finally reached an agreement. Um, pay, pay these people what, what they deserve. Like it's not, it don't know why it took this long, but Hey, I'm glad that we finally got an agreement and it seems like the writers are good with the agreement. It's not just like, yeah, um, it's not just like, Oh, okay. Here's your demands. But no, it seems like that, um, that the studios took what took their concerns, like kind of maybe into like, into like consideration. It's like, okay, we have been kind of taking money from these people so I'm happy that they reached an agreement. All right. John, any thoughts on this whole uh, writer strike? Yeah, I'm glad that it's gotten as much attention as it has because, um, well, yeah, we definitely had one in, like, what, 2008? And uh, yeah, it did what it did. Um, I'm hopeful maybe this time around alongside uh, what's happened with UPS, that union contract maybe people in general will start realizing that it's time to unionize and uh get paid what they're worth in general but yes for uh, artistic value i'm definitely pretty lit 
for uh, new TV shows and movies to come out as well, 100%. But just as a general rule, yeah, no, pretty pretty happy that it's gotten as much attention as it has. All right. And what about you, Alex? Have you been keeping up with the whole writer strike and everything? Oh, I absolutely have. And um, I'm not going to get too far into it because uh, I've been drinking a little bit and I'm going to rant all day about it if you let me. Yeah, I'm here for unions. I'm here for, you know, people getting paid what they're owed. You know, I'm a big media pop culture guy. And the fact of the matter is, is like these people, they're solely responsible for the media that we consume and they deserve to get paid a fair wage. And they give, deserve to get a, a share of what they, you know, of what uh, they get a share of what they create, you know, whether it flops or whether it's huge. So like, it's just, it's just common sense. And the reason it took so long is because we live in a, we live in a society um, <laughs> where, you know, people only care about the lowest, com- not, not the lowest common denominator, but it, it's like people only care about profits and they don't care about the things that they're making, you know, especially the people that are in control. I was having this conversation with my dad not too long ago where like, just like the worst kind of people are the people who hoard money and hoard resources from the rest of us. Like they're just, they're just broken and sad inside and they're terrible. And these are the people that make decisions for all of us. And they're the ones that control the capital and all the profits. And it's like, they hoard everything from the people who help make the profits, i.e. the actors and the writers. And it's like, I can't wait for the actors to finally get what's coming to them. But, you know, the reason, again, the reason, the reason it takes so long is because we have the wrong people in charge of capital and the wrong people in charge of everything because they don't care about anybody. They don't care about anything except, you know, except their bottom line. And it stifles creativity. It stifles art. It stifles culture. You know, we don't let people who we don't when we don't let creators create when we don't create a when we don't provide an environment for people for creative people to do things. You know, society just halts. You know that <clears throat> you go back to like the like what like the the Renaissance. You know, there were people who would like like artists would have like patrons, people who would pay for them to just sit and make art all day long. And we got these beautiful paintings and these beautiful uh, works of music in that era. And it's like, that's what it's supposed to be. You know, there's more than enough money out here and more than enough resources for creatives and people who, you know, who make things and push society forward. You know, that's what art does. It pushes people, it pushes society forward. It makes us think more about ourselves and the way that we express ourselves and the way that we interact with everything around us. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm on that rant, so I'm going to cut it. But yes, I'm very excited for the writers to get their due. I'm very excited for the actors to get their due. And I'm very excited for all of the amazing art that's going to come out, you know, as a result of this. So yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Yeah. You kind of, yeah, you definitely said everything and more and I love it. Um, like I said, that's what I do, will, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, we'll we'll get in. We'll have an episode where we'll get into more of it when I have the time to do the research. But I I'm so like caked up with Scooby Doo stuff with this episode. I was like, I gotta just mention it, and then we'll brush it off to another episode. But just there's a lot going on right now, and I'm so glad. Okay, um, that is about all I really had for this intro. It's still a little long, but uh. I think we're going to go ahead and take our first break and then we'll be back to talk about Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. 
I stole that from the trailer. I just love how the voice says it. <laughs> there are monsters who dwell in our nightmares. Creatures of unspeakable horror, plotting to destroy mankind. But in this world, there are warriors who have the courage to confront this evil. The original Scream Team is back, featuring all your old friends and starring the world's hungriest hero, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. We're hungry, and we're going to get some food to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have never met a pair who ate so much. <laughs> <laughs> Join Scooby and his pals as they go from unmasking phony monsters to searching the country for real cases of the supernatural. They venture deep into the Louisiana bayou to a mysterious island haunted for 300 years. <laughs> if they want haunted, they come to the right place. Peoples go into that bayou and they don't never come out. Here in this swamp, you will learn the secret of Moonscar Island as our heroes battle the forces of darkness and worst of all, cats. Who brought this, this dog? Rug? Where? <laughs> Is that? This here's my hunting pig, Mojo. What were you doing out here? <laughs> There's something suspicious about that gardener. Yeah, he is suspicious, but he is kind of cute. You'll have a beautiful view of the harvest moon tonight. I hope you'll be comfortable here. What's going on? It was a nightmare. Ms. Lenoir and I went outside to wait for you when we were attacked by these... these... <laughs> zombies? But there's always a logical explanation for these things. What's that? It's the fisherman! No! It's the ferryman! Oh! Maybe it's real. So come along with Scooby and all the gang in their most frightening mystery ever. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Because this time, the monsters are real. All right, guys, welcome back. We're going to talk about Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island from 1998. The film was released September 22nd, 1998, directed by Jim Steinstrom. Steinstrom? I forgive me if I said it wrong. Uh, screenplay by Glenn Leopold, story by Glenn Leopold and Davis Day, based on characters by Hanna-Barbera Productions. This film stars a whole lot of people. 
Scott Eines as Scooby-Doo, Billy West as Shaggy. You may know his voice as, from Fry. He voices Fry on Future, Futurama, and he also voiced Bugs Bunny in the first Space Jam, among other roles, but those are just most popular ones. Mary Kay Bergman as Daphne, Frank Welker as Fred, and again, mostly famous for voicing everything in every cartoon ever. Uh, BJ Ward as Velma, Adrian Barbeau as Simone Lenoir, uh, a famous Scream Queen actress from uh, mostly connected with John Carpenter. Uh, I think she even married the man. But if you ever seen the original Fog film by John Carpenter, she's kind of the lead of that, uh, among other things. Uh, I think Escape from New York. Escape from New York. Uh, we also have Tara Strong as Lena Dupree. Uh, again, Tara Strong from voicing everything ever. <laughs> I think <laughs> she's. I think uh, Zara, you're a fan of Tara Strong, aren't you? My girl. Yes. Her and Gray are my favorite voice actresses. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then we have uh, Cam Clark as Bo, who I did. I found this out. He voices the English dub of uh, uh, Canada or Canada from Akira. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, he also voiced Leo in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series and Freddy the Ferret in that old Nickelodeon show, The Barnyard, <laughs> or Back at the Barnyard. We also have Jim Cumming as uh, Jacques and Morgan Moonscar. He voiced both, M mostly famous for being the voice of Winnie the Pooh and Ray the Firefly, which made me really sad, <laughs> from uh, Princess and the Frog. And he also voices uh, Pete from the Mickey Mouse franchise as well. Winnie the Pooh and Darkwing Duck. He was also Darkwing Duck. Oh, right. wow. Yeah, this guy, again, voicing everything ever. That <laughs> out Jim Cummings. We also have Mark Hamill as Snakebike Scruggs. <laughs> I mean, Mark Hamill needs no introduction, but obviously the Joker and among many, many, many other uh, talented roles he's done. Uh, Jennifer Lee Warren as Chris. And uh, this is where we get a really interesting uh, connection, Zarya. So... I found out that she plays a character named Miss Wallace from um, Pretty Little Liars. Do you know who this character is? Miss Wallace? Yeah, it says, you know, she was in, I guess, an episode of Pretty Little Liars or a few episodes where she played a character named Miss Wallace. And I was like, oh, Pretty Little Liars. I should tell Zari. Miss Wallace? Yeah. So she's credited that. <laughs> Pretty Little Liars, a.k.a. the statutory rape show? Like, Well, there's, I mean, there's... you're not wrong. <laughs> And then uh, rounding out the cast, we have Ed Gilbert as Mr. Beeman. And uh, the plot goes as such. Scooby and the gang reunite in search of mysteries and adventure when they a chance upon a remote island inhabited by undead pirates and a zombie crew. Um, just some bonus things. Like, this movie is filled with a lot of bonus facts. I did not have the time to collect them all and put them into this podcast. So I might just filter it in throughout the conversation if I remember. But the main point you need to know is that the popularity of Scooby-Doo had grown in the 1990s due to reruns on Cartoon Network. The channel's uh, parent company, Time Warner at the time, well, I guess it still is mine, Time Warner. Time Warner suggested uh, developing a straight-to-DVD film of the property and that kind of launched the production of this film. I found out that the plot line of Zombie Island is taken from two different older shows. Uh, one show was uh, never even like shown. Uh, it was called something Cats. Uh, I, I don't remember the exact title. I don't have it written down. But it was about it was a show about like space cats. In a, and uh, the other plot line or the other half of that plot came from Johnny Quest. And so basically, the writers 
the, the writer had written on both of those shows and he took plotline elements from those episodes even the name Lenoir or uh yeah Simone Lenoir was from one of these shows he just repurposed it rewrote it and then made it into a Scooby-Doo movie thus we have Zombie Island um many of the original voice actors of the series were replaced for the film although Frank Welker returned to voice Fred Frank Welker has been again in everything if you ever hear a dog in an animated or even a live action movie it's likely Frank Welker and not the actual dog <laughs> Um, but he voiced Fred from the very beginning. He's even voiced Scooby-Doo a few times. And this guy just will not give. He has literally the, I think, the most track record of any kind of voice actor. Or he's up. He's definitely up there. Uh, he's fit. He's voiced like everything. Okay, so this is also the first of four Scooby-Doo straight-to-DVD films animated overseas by Japanese animation studios, Mook Animation. Thus, we have, so, again, the first four being Zombie Island, The Witch's Ghost, Alien Invaders and uh, Cyber Chase. They all did the same thing. Same crew, same writer, same director. I just love the fact that they had just one crew and they did all these movies. However, the studio did get involved with these movies. Um, after the success of Zombie Island came a lot of backlash from parents saying that it was too scary. And so as they went forward, the studio made sure that they toned down the horror in these movies and thus we get the movies we have i feel like you can definitely feel the decline in the horror element as the movies go on especially within cyber chase and and uh alien invaders because <laughs> cyber chase is definitely more about like the technology aspects of them shifting the animation style but then if you watch like alien invaders you think you're watching a conspiracy theory movie and it turns into a 60s love story if you've seen it you, you know what i'm talking about. if you know you know <laughs> are are we gonna talk about the fact how often Shaggy gets it in, like within like the Scooby Doo franchise? Yeah, it's Cause... all man. We'll talk about it, but yeah, it's always Shaggy and Velma. They just get these like offhanded like plot lines. Shaggy got Shaggy got so much game, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Last little thing I want to bring up here before we start talking about the actual plot and everything. Um, do you guys remember the promos, uh, the Scooby Doo project, where it was like Scooby Doo parroting? the Blair Witch Project. I do remember those. Oh, boy. So, apparently, those were connected to this, like, film. Basically, when they had, were first putting it on Cartoon Network, they promoted it by doing a 24-hour Scooby-Doo marathon, which is just daunting. But I guess there wasn't a lot on, on TV at the time. Um, and from there, they decided to promo the marathon along with these four movies by utilizing that promo and i was like oh wow along with other ones there's like a ton of little creative like bumpers the one i think about is the way they actually do parody scream where daphne is home alone and she answers the phone and it's shaggy which is a nice little wink and a nod um but yeah there's a whole thing i even sent it to the group chat but there's a whole like video of them just parodying the the um blair witch project using scooby-doo characters there's even like a director's cut where it's unedited and it's really really cool um, so yeah, go and check it out for people who are too young, but people who remember, good on ya. Uh, okay, so two decades after this film's release, Warner Brothers Animation developed a sequel, Return to Zombie Island, which released in 2019, and it's a part of its own trilogy that was coinciding with the 50th anniversary of the franchise as a whole. So, 2019 and uh, 2020, I do believe, I think it is 2019, um, is the 
50th anniversary of the entire franchise. And so to coincide with that, we had Scoob, which is that theatrical film that everyone's probably forgotten about. And then I remember Scoob. That was a good movie. I enjoyed Scoob. Did you? I did. I I I, I was kind of sad that we didn't get a. There was supposed to be another. Um, they were gonna make a, a holiday themed film based off of Scoob and like specifically like the young versions of the, of Mystery Inc. And like I was very excited about that. Like I thought it was cute. It was a cute movie. Like I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. Okay, I'm I'm agreeing with you halfway. I was definitely also excited for Holiday Haunt. That was one of those movies along with Batgirl that got cut by Warner Brothers. And with them reshifting DC, they also decided to just cut a lot of projects for tax reasons and start over. So Scooby-Doo had two sh- uh They had that movie and there was another like children's show that got cut as well. Um, as far as Scoob the movie goes, I was so excited for it and was so disappointed. <laughs> I think the first half of the movie is all right. Um, I do like the ambition behind it by taking Hanna-Barbera and creating this more Space Jam level uh, interconnected universe. Um, and starting with Scooby-Doo was a great idea. I just think they went a little bit too overboard going the superhero it, route. That's just, it did kind of get lost. It yeah. did definitely get lost like maybe like halfway through. Like I see what you're talking about. Yeah, like it but wasn't Scooby-Doo like, anymore. It was just like, you know. It was, it was, it was, it was brand synergy, which yeah. like is the thing now. And like, People talk about how, you know, like, because of Marvel, Marvel and properties like Kingdom Hearts, now we've got all this, we've got this crossover madness going on where it's like everything has to have a crossover. They're doing like a, they, they, I think they crossed over like G.I. Joe with the last uh, Transformers movie. Oh and it's like, they're creating like a Hasbro universe. I want to see Optimus Prime ride into battle on a My Little Pony. I don't care. I want to see it. I don't care. Stupid it is. I want to see it, but I, I I get I get like the the crossover fatigue. It's not it's it's gotten out of control. Also, we had like all the Snyder cut mess happening at the same time. I, I appreciated what they were trying to do. It was just way too far. Like I don't want to say left or right. It was just way too far in one direction to capture my interest. It just wasn't what I think a Scooby Doo movie should aim to be. Um, but you know, I do respect that it has its fans, um, because I'm also on the other side of the spectrum because I really enjoyed Velma and I, I stand by that series. <laughs> thought it was really funny. <laughs> that is a spicy take, my friend. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's, it's, is it dumb? Yes. But I think it does well <laughs> enough with the, with the property to still be Scooby-Doo. Like it was a dumb mystery, but it was still a mystery. And I enjoyed what they were doing with the characters in that one. Um, with that being said, though, um, like I said, this movie had its sequel, um, which was widely hated. I don't know if you guys have ever seen or heard of Return to Zombie Island when it came out. I didn't even I didn't even know that was a thing until you said it. That blows my mind. Heard of it, but I'd never seen it. All right. What about uh, you, John? Did you ever hear anything about these these sequel trilogy? I saw it when I was looking up this one to watch this movie. Yeah, so basically, and again, I'm going to just run through this really quickly, and then we'll get into the actual movie. So um, Return to Zombie Island is the second film in this, like, 50th anniversary celebration trilogy that they did. And essentially, they were trying to recreate what they did with the original film, the original four films that we have here, starting with Zombie Island and moving forward. So the first film, I watched the first two the first two movies, and the first movie deals with uh, wrapping up and kind of 
Okay, let me say this. First of all, the the concept is really good, actually. Essentially, what they wanted to do is have Scooby and the gang revisit old cases and really determine if there was real ghosts and monsters involved or not. Great concept, and I think that holds up. Where they fucked up is that they retconned. The, the, the way they went about it was retconning certain things about these franchises, and I was like, oh, I see why people hated it. So the first one is the the curse of third the curse of the thirteenth ghost. If you didn't know, um, around the like eighties, around the eighties, yeah, uh, they started like really emphasizing that Scooby and Shaggy were the faces of the franchise. I think I went over this when we did the original Scooby Doo movie, but essentially they would just take out a large part of the gang and just make the show about Scooby, Shaggy, and then they started Scrappy. Scrappy didn't work, so they would bring back certain characters. The character they would bring back most of all was Daphne, and so Fred and Velma were just never seen for like decades. <laughs> I remember Flim Flam. Yeah, yeah. Flim Flam was a part of the 13th Ghost series. I re- I watched this yep. series for the first time like last year. It holds up. It's really good. It's cheesy. Bad animation, but it's got a good ongoing story. You know, if you like Mystery Incorporated, 13th Ghost is the first iteration of that where it is an ongoing mystery throughout. And so basically Daphne, Scooby, Shaggy, and their friend, and Scrappy, and their friend Little... I don't know what he is. I guess Indian kid, uh, just dark skin, brown skin kid named Flim Flam. Flim Flam. Yep, yeah, it was yeah. Flim Flam. Is this red shirt Shaggy? Yes. This red. is red shirt Shaggy. Okay. I also thought, wasn't wasn't that blonde chick that was down so bad for Shaggy also in the 13 clothes? Or am I, or am I mis- misremembering? I want to say I know she was yes. in, she was in the, she was in the, that weird directed TV, direct video or directed TV movie. With red shirt Shaggy and Scooby, and like red shirt Shaggy, he's a werewolf. Oh, he has to like okay. drive and like yes! a, and like a, and like a I race. Know what movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Reluctant you remember that shit? That yes! was nuts. Every time he got the hiccups, he would turn into a werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Werewolf, yeah. I think that yeah, is that a part of this continuity. That was down so bad for Shaggy. It was insane. <laughs> but yeah, so basically, the first movie just kind of it it, it kind of like tries. So the big thing about Thirteenth Ghost is that they never caught the Thirteenth Ghost. They canceled the series before they got our last episode. And so the movie kind of picks up, you know, in modern day Scooby-Doo. And it turns out that Fred and Velma, it's really funny, actually. Fred and Velma find out that there was one, like, year or one summer. They kind of, they erect kind of to a summer. But basically, while Fred and Velma were off at, like, summer camp or something, Daphne, (laughs) Shaggy, Scooby had this whole ass adventure with real monsters that they never brought up. And they were like, yeah, we chose not to talk about it because it traumatized us so much, which is a really funny way to look at it. But essentially, they just (laughs) go back and try to give the show a final episode while including Velma and Fred in it. Meanwhile, uh, it's just just new status quo for Scooby-Doo right now where... Fred is, you know, kind of sort of not the leader anymore. They kind of shifted over to Daphne. But Daphne's kind of this weird character now. I actually really love it. She's just full of, like, hidden talents. And so that's kind of her gig now. And Velma has kind of shifted from being the smart one to being this, like, really, like, uh, stubborn, um, what do you call it? Like, stubborn, like, uh, um, someone who just doesn't believe in ghosts. Uh, she's very reluctant now and she's just like nope 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 and so it's honestly kind of annoying um so yeah that's kind of where the current state of scooby-doo is 
with these characters. But yeah, 13th Ghost kind of retcons all that. They bring back Flim Flam and Vincent Van Gogh, and it's really cool. I enjoyed the movie. I was going to say, Vincent Price was an actual character in the show, or like yeah, a yeah. facsimile. And so the second chapter is Return to Zombie Island. And essentially, <laughs> with the help of Elvira, the gang just kind of relives the movie. Oh, <laughs> it, Return to Zombie Island is not as bad as people thought it was because I really enjoyed it. It's basically the gang just they, they're not allowed to solve mysteries anymore. Again, these movies are connected. So there's a sheriff that's like following these kids. And they're like, please do not do this because once you guys are 18, you will be arrested or worse. It was, so it kind of puts like a new uh, like stake for the group. So they're, they're kind of like trying not to solve mysteries. So they go on vacation and they end up going to this island called Moonstar Island. Get it? And so they essentially end up finding out that a lot of what they're seeing was reminiscent of their past adventure on zombie Island. Turns out someone is there filming a movie of those events and they tricked the Scooby gang to be in the movie. Meanwhile, there are zombies running around and cat people, but it all, you know, they, it all gets disproven to be some kind of a mystery. And so that's, that's the entire movie. And again, it's fine if they weren't trying to retcon things (laughs) because they go back and they were like, okay, so Everything we saw back then seemed real, but this is why it was fake. And so they kind of like take characters away and retcon the movie. And so I see why a lot of fans were really mad about it. And so that's kind of the deep dive on that. It, I found it very entertaining, but I understand why people would be mad. It wasn't as bastardizing as people make it seem. I think it's worth watching if you're a Scooby-Doo fan, especially if you like Zombie Island, give it a try. It may or may not tickle your fancy like i said really the only reason to watch these movies alone is for daphne she is just as this like new kind of like i don't know what to like compare her as she's kind of like harley quinn now where she's just so weird it's it's insane she's crazy like and it is sorry it is gray delisle voicing her and so mm. you do there's a moment there are moments where you do kind of hear azula come out of her <laughs> that's how crazy that daphne is right now like her character is insane she reminds me of like she's like yeah, she's just kind of like Peter Griffin in a way, where she's just she has this like secret past. She's just insane. A lot of that comes from a cartoon called "Be Cool, Scooby Doo" that came out a few years ago. Another great Scooby Doo series that was leaned more into the comedy of it all. And again, Gray Delisle voiced her on that show. And the whole gimmick of that show is that Daphne is just the weirdo of the group. And so now they elevated her to like the leader of the group, but she's still so weird, and it's just funny. She's just got these weird quirks about her, and it's I love it. I love it. Okay, anyway, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Gotta love this movie, right? Um, I'm gonna start with John here. John, what's your overall thoughts on watching this movie, man? Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. What, what, you know, is this your first time watching it? Are you revisiting it? What did you think about it? Going into it, I couldn't remember watching it. During watching it, I absolutely remembered every part of it, and it was delightful. I enjoyed it very much, um, and I'm glad to see, you know, Hearing that apparently uh, Return to Zombie Island is ruining the plotline or whatever, I'm probably not going to watch it. Because I like that if one thing is real from Scooby-Doo, it's voodoo. Because it should be. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I agree. Zarya, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, revisiting it? Definitely a revisit. Uh, I can watch the movie every time. Like, it's the first time I'm watching it. I absolutely love the movie. I love the two songs that are highlighted in the movie. Uh, I forget which band sings them, but Sky Cycle is I think is the is Sky Cycle. Yeah. It is Sky Cycle. 
Terror Time again, and then uh, crap, what is the name of the other song? It's fake. I just they just keep saying. Yeah, we almost say that's like I know the words, but yeah, um, those it's really it's really because of the songs that why this is one of my favorite movies and why I can always rewatch it because I try to watch it to listen to the songs again because I can't find them anywhere on any streaming service on any like. A music streaming thing because I always like whenever the story begins that um, the group kind of like went their separate ways. They're still friends, they're still on good terms, but they went their separate ways. They like some side projects, got a real job, this, that, and the third. And I always love when they come back and solve a mystery. Like, I love those are my favorite types of stories when they always come back and solve a mystery together. All right, all right, yeah. And just for clarification, so the theme song at the beginning of the movie is is performed by Third Eye Blind. That's what I was thinking about. Um, that's crazy. That's Third Eye Blind. But I don't know who does the other songs. But well, I guess you guys did it. So, <laughs> all right, um, Alex, what'd you think about Scooby Doo on Zombie Island, man? I mean, just it's the nostalgia bomb for me. Like I remember being like, but a but a wee lad, you know, just catching this movie every time it came on Cartoon Network and like just loving it and just loving the twist and just like loving the way that it plays with like the Scooby-Doo formula and it's terror time again is a bop like, yes. yeah, like all of, like all four is like, listen, I mean, terror time is a bop for sure, but I'm sorry, like nothing nothing tops like the hex girls and the witches ghost just oh oh thorn is is responsible for my toxic taste in women (laughs) totally responsible that's not a totally different movie but no also also like the cat people the cat people could have got it i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like lita still could have got it as a cat person as a regular person like but um, but no, like yeah, it's just it's just fun. It's a fun movie. It doesn't try to do a whole lot, which is fine. Which is good. Like I appreciate a film that isn't really trying to do a whole lot. It's just trying to. It's just fun. It's just a fun time, and it and it and it holds up. That's the crazy thing. It's like twenty odd years later, like it holds up, and it holds up because again, it isn't really trying to do a whole lot. It's Scooby Doo. It's zombies. It's cat people. It's puns. It's 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 a killer soundtrack. It's just it's just goodness. We just we just love it. I love it. <laughs> I agree. I agree with all of you guys. This movie is awesome. Oh man, it's it's it it, yeah. It does hold up. It's like rewatching this today. I was looking at the art animation in the back and just how they moved. I'm like this. What it, it reminded me a lot of Pokemon. Like a lot of the animation looks like one of those like Pokemon movies from the, like the 90s. <laughs> but it looked really good. It looked like the background is very like painted and it's really spooky and I I, I just loved it all. Um and yeah, I I do I do want to say like I rarely caught this movie on Cartoon Network. I had like the DVD. I want to say I had a VHS first and then I had the DVD. I guess it was straight to DVD. So I had the DVD first. And so anytime I was like sick and home from school, this is the movie I would just watch on repeat as I like lied into bed, like, you know, slowly dying as a kid. But like this, this was definitely like this. If I'm sick in bed, I'm watching this movie on repeat. No one bother me. And so I, that's how I mostly remember it, you know, but as I've, you know, I, I rarely caught this on Cartoon Network. The movies I would see on Cartoon Network a lot was, 
Cyber Chase and Alien Invaders, like when they would replay those. And Boomerang. Also, remember, I'm five, I'm five years older than you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, probably you, you caught it like <laughs> right when it premiered. We had the reruns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. I love love certain aspects and certain scenes of this movie. It's just pure Scooby Doo. Like this movie to me is like the definition of like pure modern Scooby Doo. When you're even when they're dealing with like real monsters, it's it's it just holds up. And so with that, I want to say that my favorite thing about these movies are definitely the openings because this movie open, I want to start by saying this. I was so obsessed with the way this movie opens as a kid that I would like recreate it with action figures if that makes sense. I would do that. I feel that in my spirit. (laughs) Dude, I would do the whole thing. I would like play the music in my head and I would have like you know, a Raven and a Starfire and maybe a Captain Boomerang action figure or even like, you know, I didn't have like the actual Scooby-Doo action figures. I would just use what I had. So I would have like G.I. Joe's and I would like pick one to be Fred and I have like a, a, a dog, like a generic dog like thing. And I would like verbatim. We had bunk beds when I was younger, so it worked as like a spooky castle. I would verbatim just replay this entire opening to down to like the monster like walking through the hallway and ripping open the door and Scooby and Shaggy running left and the others running right. And my favorite part always was when <laughs> Fred, Daphne, and Velma are running and just out of nowhere a balcony falls beneath them. And so Fred, who has to be as strong as Superman, grabs them both. And like it's just holding them up, and I'm like, this is awesome. So rewatching it brought back that memory of me, just like, yeah. Anytime I had the chance, and when he, and whenever I felt like it, I would just go through this entire opening. I would get like a sock and make it look like the rug from when Shaggy and Scooby are running, and the boat monster is just like ripping through it. I would just again, just while Scooby Doo, the theme song is just playing, and I'm just like, yeah, it's like a little nine year old or whatever how old I was. I would just, I loved it. I loved it. And this opening is just great. I just, even down to like them unmasking it and Velma's weird explanation of this guy's roundabout way of, you know, I guess he was what, painting money? He had green ink rather than just like copying it because they had copiers at this time. But I guess, you know, for his plan to work, he had to dress up as a monster instead of, you know, just counterfeiting money like regular people would do. Yeah, these these Scooby Doo villains are so weird. <laughs> Man, for real. But I I loved it. Um, how'd you guys feel about this opening, Zarya? Oh, it's it seems very on brand for Scooby Doo because they also did that with the live action movie. Like the uh, the movie starts off with them in the middle of solving a case, and then they break it, and then the movie starts. Really. I know this movie came before the live action, but I just, like I said, I like seeing it. Um, it's one of my favorite ways to open up a Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah. That live action is another opening I love. I could quote it verbatim. It's it's well, almost verbatim, but it's one of my favorites. Another one I would just recreate with toys. Uh, John, how do you feel about this like opening to the, uh, the movie here? Yeah, until uh, Zarya just mentioned it, I hadn't realized how reminiscent the live-action's opening was of this movie's, but no doubt even down to, like, this, skipping into television interviews, like, right there at the beginning. But, yeah, no, it just seemed like it was any other Scooby-Doo cartoon right there at the beginning until it cut into that, and I thought that that uh, ending up being a flashback was pretty interesting. It was definitely new for Scooby-Doo, and I wanted to touch back on the statement about animation that you made. 
One thing I had noticed during watching this in comparison to watching the show when I was a kid was uh, there was definitely a lot more um, playing with the animation to make it seem like they were actually panning with the camera like around during reveals and like zooming in and it just made it seem like actual dramatic camera work in comparison to a lot of other Scooby-Doo animation, which was interesting to note. All right, Alex. Oh man. It's just, it's, it's just good. It's just fun. You know, it's nice. It, I'm always down to hear, you know, a, a, a remix or a remake or like another band's rendition of the Scooby-Doo theme song because it's timeless. And I love, hearing uh hearing what another musician would do with it would do with that formula like it's the same thing with like scooby-doo as a whole like it's such a simple and timeless premise and i love seeing what another person would do with it so yeah it's just it's great it's fun it's 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 i don't know it's just a really good opening to a really good movie i I have nothing but good things to say about this movie which is crazy because it's so old and it's (laughs) scooby-doo and scooby-doo as a as a franchise has just been so hit or miss throughout the years but like i have no notes like this is this is a nigh perfect film with a nigh perfect plot and like with the animation you know shout out to japanese animators doing their thing for this property like it's yeah, it's just fantastic, and I just you have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I, I want to say again, kind of referencing the the joke we made earlier, but like I feel like what you said is kind of like how the the American animators or the American like writers might have felt, and then you go to the Japanese guys, they're like, "It's a talking dog," like you know, <laughs> just feel like that would be the same kind of response. Nothing but praise for this movie, which is why I'm going to highlight some of the things that may or may not be uh, retroactively um what's the word i'm looking for um intended um but just kind of get the plot going so yeah it is revealed that it's kind of like a flashback daphne's telling a story they're adults now you know normally they're kind of seen as like teenagers 17 16 maybe i mean in shaggy's case maybe 20 21 and we don't know but uh (laughs) they're they're never explicit about how old they're actually supposed to be which is concerning in a lot of ways but also like you often you kind of don't care yeah, all I know is that I think Velma is often supposed to be seen as the younger one, not because she's short, but just in just the youngest of the of the train, and the Shaggy's supposed to be the oldest. But yeah, Daphne and Fred are reporters now, or Fred's really her manager, and they're just kind of you know they're famous for doing that, and we get flashes of everybody's individual lives. Shaggy and Scooby are working at the airport; they're customs agents or TSA agents, and I just thought about get out, but. <laughs> they quickly get fired so i'm imagining they're just job hopping <laughs> and uh velma owns a bookstore which is probably the most stable out of all these jobs and yet she is so bored <laughs> throughout the entire thing this in this opening but i loved it but yeah it's coming up on daphne's birthday and she says she misses the gang so uh to i guess you know killing two birds with one stone fred decides to get the gang back together for their next project which is uh i do love the title coast to coast with daphne blake and then they move it to ghost to ghost with black or just a little joke that she makes and then later on they're like yeah we're gonna we're gonna you know do haunted america we'll see what we can find some real ghosts he's like well let's get the gang back together so everyone just thank god that's shaggy and scooby like you know got fired because there was no way they were going to leave that job or the job was going to allow them to leave to go solve mysteries. And I guess Velma owning a bookstore can just, she can just close shop for a good amount of time. Um, but 
I like, yeah, I like that everybody has a little little thing. Um, kind of like going off of what you said, Zarya, earlier. I'm actually not a fan of like the gang separating and then coming back too much. I like it for this movie and for the live action movie, but any other time they do it, it's kind of like, eh. Do we really need to start here? It feels like it's just a default setting to kind of like time jump it and make sure there's like, you know, either there's conflict or to just kind of do something different with the outfits. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. In me, in general, I kind of like starting with the gang as a gang and then them moving into a certain conflict. Um, But, you know, to each their own. I don't know. Um, That was just my own little pushback against that. But uh, from there, they we get a we get this movie moves really quickly. It's probably the hardest movie I ever had to like take notes for because everything they said was just exposition and it moved really really fast. So I had to pause it a lot to kind of like write down everything they were talking about. Um, but from there, we get our first little montage and that's where we get the song again. Don't know the title, but they say it's fake a lot as they're rolling around America or I guess Southern America. Uh, the ghost is here that's the title okay cool because yeah. i just wrote down it's fake montage <laughs> it just wrote down all the monsters they were going after um but i do love that they kind of fall back into old habits and i <laughs> i love all the ghosts they have like a fake medium that's like protecting a ghost and then there's a man bat ghost or a man bat monster and then there's like a haunted ghost all these are pretty scary and the last one they get is a lobster just a, just a big ass lobster just the mouth that one was fake right the outfit looks fake i was like what it always reminded me of like the amanda Bynes shows the dancing <laughs> lobster <laughs> oh i love those they never really said anything they would just be like wee, 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 wee. it's a great montage again great artwork and everything uh not too much to say um so they end up in louisiana or kind of like deeper into louisiana I don't think they're in New Orleans, but they're supposed to be, like, near it. Or I think the montage takes place in New Orleans, and now they're in, like, Louisiana in the deeper parts. They never really say. Um, And so they end up, you know, Daphne's frustrated with the fact that they just kind of fell back into old habits. They got, you know, just old men in masks, old men and women in masks with the real estate plots because everyone wants to be Lex Luthor from the original Superman movie. Um, But... Lena, we got our first character here, overhears them wanting to see real haunted ghosts. And she's like, well, good thing that I work for someone who lives in a haunted house on Moonscar Island. And thus our movie actually starts. And so I love Lena a lot. She's fun. Um, secretly a bitch, but she's fun. How we feel about Lena, though? <laughs> uh, Zarya? First off, why are, you, why are you just inviting people to your house? Like, I get it's... I get it's the 90s and I guess you're still trusting of people but they could have been murderers I know that the roles are kind of reversed but they she didn't know they could have been murderers they could have been scientists that like to work on live people like you don't know these people you're just gonna invite them to not even your house <laughs> it's your employer's house for the longest time as a kid I thought they like they were sisters but clearly they're not sisters and I'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, John, what do you feel about this character, Lena Dupree, here? Given that we find out how old everybody is, that they came from the colony and everything, I don't really know what this whole uh, dynamic was before, during, or after this whole cult thing makes Lena's 
character seem odd, man. I I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> I, I really I, need to know more about the cat gods. Dude, <laughs> See, dude, okay, I have so many questions, so I'm glad you're right there with me. All right, uh, Alex, what did you think about uh, Lena? You- I said what I said. Lena could get it. Like, <laughs> human, cat, I don't care. Like, Noted. <laughs> I mean, I'm right there with you. I I, I want to say this though. Uh, I didn't. She doesn't sound like Tara Strong to me. I like I just, really well, really. No, well, none of none of Tara's characters sound like Tara because that's her whole thing. Like she's a chameleon. She can her her voice can turn into anything. It like it it literally took my brain a minute to register that Timmy Turner's voice was Tara Strong. Like it it, it I couldn't. It didn't fit. But that's her whole thing. So, you know, she's yeah. she's just an incredible voice actress, just an incredible actress in general. But yeah, no, like, I mean, I get that she's the villain and all. I get that, you know, she's, she's low down, dirty, you know, the zombies. And it was the whole thing. Lady could still get it. <laughs> I, I can fix that. Oh, if she sound, if she didn't sound like any of like she didn't sound like Timmy or she didn't sound like Raven. Um, but she did sound like a character she did play in this one cartoon. Who was it? I forgot. Did y'all ever see Drawn Together? Oh yeah. Oh, that gross. Like, show. The princess. She voices yeah, the princess, and then that's who I kind of hear with Lena is that princess. Okay. Yeah, I see what you mean. Oh yeah, that that show was nasty. That show was, Comedy Central was a whole thing. That show was a fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I I think I have scars from that show. I'm just having like no, oh. no, really. <laughs> I'm having like flashbacks. But back on this, yeah. It's like Tara's. She's the voice acting in this in this movie is great. Like everyone sounds like the characters for, as far as the main Scooby Gang goes, and I believe everyone else. But like Lena was definitely the one that stuck out to me the most because I, after finding out like oh it was Tara Strong I was like it doesn't sound like her like I do think you can I do agree with you Alex like Tara Strong is so good that you know she kind of blends in but when I think of her the first voice that comes to mind is definitely like she played Tommy right or Dill or both of them in Rugrats Dill Dill yeah so she played Dill and um, Ag played tommy so they played brothers in rugrats and then they played sisters in powerpuff girls oh yeah because she was bubbles (laughs) she was bubbles and then ag was uh buttercup we need to do like a voiceover episode with you sir you you seem to be like an encyclopedic knowledge about all this (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know this but yeah i yeah i that's what i think about i think about rugrats i think about uh Powerpuff Girls also think about I do think about Timmy Turner a bit I try not to think about him though <laughs> he's one of, I think he's one of those like he's a great it's a great cartoon but he's like one of the worst like people like again he's a good character because he's one of the worst people ever oh yeah he's he is a selfish 10 year old little boy yeah like, but he's, he's a super like, villain that's the whole plot he's trying to <laughs> well, they're trying he's to get him to not be a little shit person. Yeah, he's, he's a, Timmy Turner is a super villain. <laughs> oh man, wasn't there, there wasn't there a, an episode where like it turns out like Timmy had wished to be ten for like fifty years? Yeah, he's like yeah, yeah. he's like in his fifties or something. Everyone and he made 
Oh, he made every like no one knew except for Cosmo, but he wished that Cosmo forgot it. Yeah, which is so wrong. Yeah, he like but wishes that everyone like had stopped aging. Yeah, like, he wished. Yeah, I mean, I mean, knowing what I know now about Butch Hartman, it tracks. But like, the worst idea ever, possibly in life, is to give a neglected, possibly abused ten-year-old boy unlimited magic wishes. Like, that is a recipe for world-ending disaster. Yeah. And we saw that. Yeah, it is. that's how the show ended. <laughs> the world was, like, destroyed. I think that's how it ended, yeah. Um, okay, so back to Scooby-Doo, though. Tara Strong's really great. I love her as Lena Dupree here, um, but, I mean, I'm, we're gonna, I'm just say it right off the bat. Are Lena and Simone lesbians? I feel like, um, it's kind of- I feel like everybody's, like, sexual orientation and, like, sexual, like, involvement is very i'm just gonna go out and say it mr ink is a polycule y'all like <laughs> let's keep it a whole buck like everybody's fucking everybody in history i would not be opposed to that <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> however um i think Ms. if you see if you watch mystery incorporated i do think they do their best to debunk that that like they're just really good friends because none of their relationships would work out but that's mystery inc admittedly here's the thing mystery inc is probably the best scooby-doo like anything that i i've seen in a really long time when it came out yeah like probably my favorite like scooby-doo like iteration is probably mystery inc i love mystery inc but if we're keeping with like the og characterization of these characters you got a bunch of you got a bunch of teenagers in this bunch of rich teenagers in the 60s Pulling around in a van together, like maybe fucking. <laughs> uh, John, are you concerned with the sexuality of these characters, or are you just they're just cartoons? Do you? Be honest, um, I didn't necessarily see them as lesbians. All right, I mean, yeah, I just think that's uh, it. I feel like it's hinted. I mean, it's not really hinted at. It's a children's movie, but like you can read into it. But like Lena, her and Simone live in this giant plantation house. Which means a whole different thing, um, and they're the only Quite ones. <laughs> they're the only ones there, and I mean, other than the, I mean, I guess they could just be roommates. That's fine. Roommates are roommates are good. Stop it! This is, it's an evil <laughs> demon cat cult. You know, you know, they, they they be giving it up. Like, man, yeah, like I don't know. There's they have like a such a weird relationship, even as. I was watching the movie, and again, maybe because I'm an adult, but even as a kid, I was like, I guess they just live with each other in this gigantic house. <laughs> this relationship is wild. Like, this is very, this is whole situation is just very, very suck. <laughs> and so, yeah, so Lena shows everyone to Moonscar Island, which I just love that title. Like, Moon, again, like, they have such, like, fantastic locations in the Scooby-Doo world. Like, again... Spooky Island is something I want to go to because that, if that was a real like amusement park, and I'm not even an amusement park kind of guy, but I would definitely like give up my soul to stay there. Um, but Moonscar Island like, looks gorgeous. It looks like the deep bayous of Mississippi. I feel like if you just you know keep the boat ride going, you would you would come across Bonton from True Blood. Like you know the, it feels like right there. And uh, yeah, they end up taking the ferry. We end up meeting the ferryman Jacques. Um, this man has the thickest accent and the thickest mustache I've ever seen on a cartoon character. 
<laughs> love shock he's just the he's he's so nice so when the betrayal comes later on it's like oh come on man <laughs> Bro, honestly the only jump scare in the entire movie i wasn't ready for it really <laughs> i did not remember that and like bro yeah no i did not remember Jacques. i remember the ladies having it but i did not remember Jacques. and i was sitting there and all of a sudden i legitimately jumped i said oh shit <laughs> oh i love that <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah, I know what you're talking about, though. That shot has always stayed with me. When Jaggy and Scooby make it to the boat, which smart on them to go into the boat, <laughs> leaving the others behind. But, like, they go to the boat, and he's like, oh, <laughs> we're so glad to see you. And he's like, oh, I'm glad to see you, too. And then just morphs out. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's so horrifying. And he has, like, the worst look, too, because he doesn't even have, like, the cat, the, like, the half cat look. He just goes straight into, like, monster mode oh yeah and he's that's exactly what i was about to say he runs so quick for no reason man <laughs> he's so fast oh but i love Jacques though Jacques is a fun character um, we talk oh yeah about no the that creole that... accent is hilarious yeah. go ahead can we talk about the fact that shaggy and scooby straight up did just abandon everybody they were just like fuck this we're out <laughs> yeah they took, they took the peppers and left yeah that's pretty <laughs> fucking would you do it for a Scooby snack? There we go. I know we we're going to fit it in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, there's what? So this movie has like a lot of gags to it as well. I kept writing them down because I just noticed. But like Scooby Doo has this gag where he's like, "Dog, where?" Yes, I love that one. <laughs> Get that dog out of here, dog. Where? Yes. Scooby really believes he's a person. Like right. <laughs> I mean, it's a talking dog, so <laughs> okay. Let's get philosophical. Let's get let's get philosophical. Let's get philosophical for a second. If dogs could talk, okay, do we treat them as actual like citizens? Like if they could communicate with us on a level that we understood them, do they gain? Do they then gain citizenship and autonomy? Like over their lives are they no longer pets are they like let's talk about that's such a bold argument to immediately say yes to because we actively have apes that we have taught to communicate who can have full-blown conversation and can do menial labor jobs and yet we still continue to keep apes in captivity i'm gonna go no (laughs) i feel like if it's it's or i don't know I see it. I see it as if like okay, you can talk. You can do things now. Okay, you don't need me to baby you. I'll still be here for you, absolutely, because we're in this together, my friend. But you don't need me for everything anymore. You can communicate what you need. Like I don't know. Like yeah, dogs can communicate what they need, but like I don't know. I feel like if they can talk. Like if they're like if they're like Scooby level of capability of like moving around, you can you can get you can you can do more on your own. You don't need me right there. I know one thing though, if dogs could talk, the nighttime Scott, like the nighttime would be murdered. Like you would need earplugs. Because they would just be yelling across yards to talk to each other. I can I mean, stand the, it. The thing is like Scooby Scooby's a whole person. Like, Scooby is completely autonomous, but he's a pet, right? Well, like, Scooby-Doo is a pet. I don't think, well, they... I think he's, he's... 
he doesn't really get treated like a pet besides like the whole Scooby Snack thing. But other than that, they make like, like jokes I mean, even them. Shaggy's in on that. Yeah, like the, the he comes out as a dog, like we saw in this movie, like with the cats. Like he chased the cats like a dog would chase a cat. Yeah, but other I mean, than that, know, he doesn't do dog things. I would say in a world full of anthropomorphic animals, Pluto the dog is the only one that's still a pet as well. So I mean, yeah, who knows? I would say Scooby isn't a pet; he's a mascot, and that's where I rest my case. I don't know. That's not answering your question, Alex. But like, (laughs) one, I saw that episode of Rick and Morty. I don't want to think about it. I also saw (laughs) Planet of the Apes. Don't want to think about that either. So if talks if dogs could talk, um, like I said, it would just be more voices in the world, and that would irritate me, <laughs> especially if I'm trying to sleep at night. Um, but Scooby in general, I I subscribe to the fact of what Mystery Incorporated told us. I won't spoil it here, but if you've seen that series, they do explain why Scooby is special and why certain animals in Hanna Barbera cartoons can talk. I love that reasoning. I will stick by that. As far as continuity. that was just an A plus writing right yes, there. Yeah, that like, was just, oh, just great, great writing like, on their part. Um, but on base levels, Scooby is a mascot, and so he operates on a different level, and so that's we have what we have. <laughs> he's, he's sort of in between, like he's not a pet, but he's not a person. He's like yeah, he's like he's, a being. He's a magical being, <laughs> not even magical. He's just a, a being. Uh, yeah. All right, so. Further in here, we get uh, as they're on the ferry moving on onto the the plantation, this pepper plantation, which I didn't know if those existed in real life, but now I'm. Even y'all wanted old. to did y'all <laughs> wanted to try those peppers because I wanted the peppers. I wanted the peppers and I wanted yep. the pepper sandwich. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. They seem more like nuclear bullets in the way they were eating them. <laughs> I, I, I I'm not a I'm not a spicy food guy, so I will gladly stay away I... from the peppers. Um, I'm all about some spicy food. I'm all about some spicy peppers. Like, give it to me now. I need it in my life. <laughs> I will say it is because of this movie. I've always wanted to try uh, crawdads or crawfish. I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to do the, like the you know take the pot, put it in a car, and just like you know suck them out and eat them that way. Because I've always loved. Have that you not scene. had crawfish before? I have never had crawfish. Whoa! Wow. It's, it's. I. I mean. Okay, it's an experience to like. <laughs> they're, they're good, but like you know, it's not it's not something to write home about. It's 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 shellfish. If you had shrimp, if you had crab, if you had it's it's more of that. Okay, you know, I love crab. Not a big not a big fan of like shrimp in general, but like I love crab and lobster and and uh mussels. Is that what they're so called? It, it, Clams, mussels. Yeah, uh, yeah, muscles. Yeah, they're just they're just they're just sea, they're just sea bugs, you know. They they they're they're they're, they're delicious for sure. Um, but it's like I said, it's not a it's not an experience by any means. I don't think. I'm, maybe it's just because I'm spoiled and like I like I was at, I, I I a few summers ago I did attend a crab boil and it was a good time. But like I don't know, it is good though. Yeah. So let's see here. What else? Gonna I wrote in my notes here. Uh, okay. So then we find out that the pirates used the swamp to hide from the law. And uh, and I put in my notes there were there actual southern pirates? Was I'm guessing there were, but I just didn't pay attention in that part of history class. Uh, but we learned more about uh, Morgan Moonscar, which again, just the most badass name ever. He was considered the worst name, yes. And so we find out that he went to the island to bury his treasure, 
and we get more backstory later on. But we get interrupted by another gag. We got this catfish gag with uh Big Mona, and then we get introduced to <laughs> Snakebite Scruggs, who's just and his hunting hog Mojo. I just love. He's like, I got a pig, and he's smarter than your dog. And like, the, the thing is just harassing Shaggy and Scooby throughout the movie, and I love it. <laughs> so we end up getting to. I wrote in my notes here: Scooby Doo and the Haunted Plantation should have been the title. <laughs> haunted Plantation. We end up. Being... I I don't I don't think that would have cleared um cleared no. the censor. <laughs> yeah, probably not. No. <laughs> you, you did y'all see? Uh, so y'all probably don't know this because you're not from Georgia, but uh, Six Flags in Georgia. They had to rename the Monster Plantation to the Monster Mansion for obvious reasons. It had been the Monster Plantation since I was a kid, um, but uh, they had to rename it, again, for obvious reasons. We end up meeting Miss Simone Lenoir, a nice little French lady who's kind of the the owner of the house here. And again, this is what I love about Scooby-Doo movies and just mysteries in general. We were kind of talking about this when we did a Haunting in Venice uh, episode ago, but like... I love, like, little hints at, like, what the – like, I love when movies kind of subtly give you the, the you know, the answers to the mystery in little ways, and you just don't catch it. But, like, right off the bat, you know, when we meet Simone, the first – one of the first things she says is that, you know, oh, this plantation has been in my house for generations. The bitch is over 200 years old. <laughs> I just rewatching it. I was like, "Oh, that's what she means." <laughs> just all the double entendres, but I loved it. I Simone is such a really uh, not like a cool character, but I just love her vibe. She's great. Um, how'd you guys feel about yeah. Simone? Oh, oh god! <laughs> is it the same thing? It just dawned on me that Simone is Simone has been alive for two hundred years. Or more. Yeah, Simone was mad racist, y'all. <laughs> Simone probably had slaves, for real. Like, yo. I wrote, I wrote the same thing. I'm like, I'm pretty this, sure she owned this, slaves. <laughs> this blonde hair, blue eye, like, this is the whitest Creole woman I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, she, she oh, boy. Oh, she God. She was a settler. Girl. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I mean, as soon as they said that these tunnels were to hide from the Union soldiers, I said, oof. Not not to say that, you know, I mean, <laughs> yikes. I was say, yeah, like, you, you got it, you got it. <laughs> yikes. I, I, I feel like this movie... We'll leave it at that. I, I feel like this movie, like, addresses... Like the Civil War and like that whole thing more than like your average, you know, K through twelve history class. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Because like it definitely doesn't it doesn't address it directly, but like you can infer. Yeah, I, I like that it includes all aspects of well, not all aspects. Again, they don't really mention that they had slaves or not, but like they include all most aspects of like american history <laughs> it's a little yeah, it was just... new orleans it, <laughs> they, they... it was she said 200 years ago this came out in 1998 being generous <laughs> 1998. They, they, they the slave trade went... didn't even end until 1808 they kind of was active they kind of just went here's the information you do what you want with it like we're just gonna put this right here and you you fill in the blanks which in turn is part of why I wonder about Lena. 
I mean, she's not very clearly as white as, uh, yeah, but dude, like, so, so where did she come from? Why was she there with them in 1798? Was she forced to go along with this cold thing? I don't know. Mixed feelings. Kind of weird. Also, what's going on with the cult? That is a super (laughs) good point. And yo, like, also, I'm going to double down on like, so, who were really the bad guys? Because then they're like, the zombies are good guys, even though it was the pirates. But the pirates showed up and forced a bunch of people to go get murdered by gators and right. crocodiles. That is a horrible way to So, die. I don't think that they were good dudes. These dudes were living separately on... I mean, looks like they were living separately because they were all worshipping the same cat god cult. Which, if that's the case, and they were living separately, maybe they weren't involved in the slave trade and everything. Maybe they were just living their own lives, living uh, separately to escape religious persecution, because cat gods, whatever. Yeah. Halle Berry Catwoman worshippers, you that, know. That's a, that's a very distinct possibility. That is, you, I mean, you're onto something there. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe they were kind of like an offset. Um, yeah, uh, just followed the cat god, <laughs> but then would the cat god are the cat gods just demons that possess them? What's going on here? Like, I mean, really, powers and our cats. <laughs> I mean, they made them have like they weren't talking about wanting to sacrifice people before that and suck the life out of them before they got turned into cat people, then they got turned into cat people, and now all of a sudden they're hungry for other people's life. Definitely. I don't know, man. Yeah, maybe there is more to this. Just for clarification, Return the Zombie Alley does not uh, address any of this. <laughs> but it, it probably should have. <laughs> well, I mean, if they're trying no, to mean, debunk it, I feel like they kind of have to. <laughs> listen, this this movie, was this movie PG or G? I'm pretty sure it's G-rated. It's, yeah. Hang on, let me, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so moving forward, um, yeah, we end up kind of meeting all of our main characters here, and we get to another great scene that I absolutely love, and it's basically as they're kind of learning more about the plantation, and Shaggy and Scooby end up seeing some kind of a ghost, or they eat a really hot pepper, and then they see a ghost, and the ghost writes, get out in the kitchen, and soon after that, <laughs> Velma... Well, before that, uh, Velma starts levitating, and I do love that. And it's just like, get me down. She's like, uh-oh. And it's just a really funny scene. Uh, but it also, it is creepy as Daphne's kind of like brushing her hair and then trying to do the reporting. And then she thinks someone opened a window, which is another like line I kind of quote to myself as a kid. Um, Daphne's my favorite. Open the window. Yeah. <laughs> They're looking back at the footage, and Fred does some enhancing, and he finds out that, oh, the ghost of Morgan Moonscar is there. And again, they're kind of trying to debunk it. Meanwhile, again, Velma goes into the kitchen and then just takes a spatula and just rips up the wall paint. And then we find Ashley out. would have been kicked out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> she just goes, hmm. This 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 is hollow. I mean, in her in her defense, the wall was already ruined. There's no I, defense. <laughs> Why are you whole, defacing my wall? Because the the wall was already defaced. There was a, there was they carved a warning into the wall. <laughs> right, but they take a whole spatula and just go straight down the wall with it. Right. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm removing this so that I can replace it with better drywall and repaint it. I'm just helping. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that was that was mad disrespectful. 
and the way that she just brushes and the and the way that she just brushes it off is like, oh, I got carried away. Like, right. <laughs> Whoopsies and jinkies. Carry <laughs> way home. <laughs> oh man. So we end up finding out that on the wall is called the Maelstrom and it was the name of Morgan Moonscar's ship. And so Simone says the ship was never found, yet somehow pieces were used to build the house. And so that's a nice little detail that Velma notices. And then meanwhile, Shaggy and Scooby uh are outside eating as usual. They kind of just eat throughout this down. entire movie. And so they end up being chased by Mojo the pig and fall into this big old pit. And um, I haven't brought this character up yet, but we end up meeting Bo earlier on. He's the new gardener. And Bo is kind of just serving as the main, like, uh, red herring character or, like, the main suspect, if you will. And he's just kind of lounging around and grumbling. But he ends up running into Shaggy and Scooby after they fall into this pit and green energy i love the like the green energy that comes down they use it again in uh witch's ghost but the green energy comes down and revives and we get our first like zombie proper if you will and it's a great little chase scene (laughs) and boy oh boy i do love the like the animation of these zombies coming back to life because it's truly scary but also really really nice like really smooth animation like i just really was captivated by it <laughs> well okay let's just go into it. how do you guys feel about the zombies in this movie john bro i mean i already told you they were terrible they were awful people why <laughs> why did they say that these are the good guys i'm still just lost <laughs> like i mean they were fine i guess thanks for saving me from the cat people and all but like you guys kind of turned them into cat people well, they weren't all zombies. You had some like uh, tourists in there that were kind of mixed in. They're, they were the ones that really helped. They're the real heroes. Collateral damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right, uh, Alex, how'd you feel about the zombies in the movie? Then I would be bereft if I didn't mention now, since you mentioned him earlier. Uh, Bo could get it too. Like Bo, you beautiful, sensitive man. He, he's a gardener. He knows his way around a garden. Like, fucking get it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like the zombies were. They felt that felt they felt incidental. Like they didn't really have a whole lot to do. I mean, ter- it's terror time again. That's like their whole. That was their time to shine. It was like, okay, zombies, we're doing this shit. The music's playing. Like it's zombie time. It's terror time again. Let's go. And it was fun. It was fun. But like. For a movie called Zombie Island, the zombies didn't feel super involved with the plot itself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Because they don't really show up about, until about halfway through. And so at that point, it's like, oh, okay, now it's starting. <laughs> now we're on Zombie Island. <laughs> yeah, now we're on Zombie Island. And, like, and again, it's, 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 that's literally, I think that's where Terror Time starts. It's like the zombie comes out of the bushes, fucking... Definitely. Uh, Gabby's judo flips him, and then they're like, "Oh my god, it's a mask!" Da 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 da. And then Fred accidentally takes his whole head off, and is like, "Oh shit, it's real!" And then the movie, and then the music starts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're good. You're great. Um, Zari, how'd you feel about the zombies in here? And then through this, we can go into terror, the terror time montage. Jumping back to John's point about not like seeing the zombies as like the good guys. You have to remember that they that they have been doing this for years. So they have been luring people to this island to suck their souls out for years. So 
while the pirates might have not been the good guys in the beginning, there were other people who fell victim to this sham and got their soul sucked. Whoa, whoa. Mm. Pause. Pause. Oh, yeah, we established it. Oh yeah, no. Every every time they said it in the movie, every single time. But yeah, no. Walter men- mentioned the tourists. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and it can suck my soul. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Take it. I'm not using it. <laughs> oh my god. I'm not using it. That's actually. I mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been drinking. <laughs> Oh, God, I'm gonna start using that. <laughs> I'm not using it. You can go ahead and take it. I mean, yeah, you guys are right. And like I said, from there, from here, we can go into the Terra Time like uh, montage because it's probably the best sequence of the movie, and I got uh, the best song. But like, I do love everything leading up to it. Like you said, like Daphne judo flips this zombie, and they end up finding Shaggy and Scooby in the bushes. I also like the scene where again, just scream queen moment. But Daphne opens up the mystery van. And like nothing but like crawdad shells fall out. She goes, ah, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> and then she kind of like realizes that Shaggy and Scooby are nearby. And so they end up, you know, holding the camera, trying to rip off the mask of this zombie. But turns out the zombie's real. And I do love how like, you know, Fred gives Shaggy the camera and he's shaking and he's like, hold the camera still or give it to Daphne. And he gives it to Daphne. <laughs> like, no, qu- like, there was no thought into it. Oh, give it to Daphne. That's an option. Bet. Right. <laughs> And so the zombies start kind of like, uh, I want to say attacking, but like corralling against them. And so they run away and Fred's dumbass just trips over a branch and drops the camera into some quicksand. And thus we don't have any proof of everything going on. But I mean, you do got to kind of fight for your life. So it doesn't matter. But also, oh, darn, I wish they would have saved the camera. Oh, that was a huge camera, too. But it is the 90s. <laughs> everything was huge. Meanwhile, we got uh, Velma and I think Bo are kind of off doing their little flirty fighting type of thing. And she corners him as a suspect, but he saves her life. But she's like, oh, you're still a suspect. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, <laughs> I know where this is going. Vel- then- Velma's, ri- Velma's Riz is almost on par with Shaggy's. Almost. Yeah. Every like, single iteration. They're the ones that get the like the love interest. <laughs> yeah. Because- but Freddie and Daphne are doing that. Will they? Won't they? Uh, yeah. it, is, it is literally because Fred and Daphne are endgame. Like it's we've known this from Jump. But yeah. But also Shag, Shaggy and Shag, Shaggy and Velma just get just get passed around. Like <laughs> Shaggy and Velma. For, Shaggy and Velma for the streets. <laughs> yeah. From there, Lena starts. Uh, everybody hears Lena scream, so they decide to go back to the house, and this kind of brings in our third act of the film here. And Velma noticed. Well, okay, so again, Lena was doing such a good job until she kind of slips up here, which is like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, you know, the zombies attacked us, so we went down this convenient, you know, tunnel that the Confederates or the Union soldiers <laughs> used that we just randomly have, but it's a big house, so you'll understand. And so she's like, they dragged No, this- I don't, Lena. Explain <laughs> it to me. Yes. Explain it to me like I'm five. <laughs> And then she's like, oh, they dragged Miss Lenoir away, but I st- I didn't know what to do but scream. And so Velma's like, you say she- they dragged her away? And there's clearly footprints that no yeah, one else no noticed. I would have made drag marks because that's dirt. Right. <laughs> it's going to be seen. Yeah, they, the, the villains are never smart. If you think that's stupid, I mean, yeah, they didn't leave drag marks, but these dumbasses went in anyway. <laughs> Because they're children. Listen, 
No, they're adults at this it, point. They are. I can't stress it. I can't stress it enough. No, they're they're they, adults. They have a whole show. They were children. They are adults. They are adults <laughs> who are extremely who are extremely emotionally stunted. Like the the Arrested Development is real with Mystery Inc. Because I can't stress it enough. They're these rich white kids whose parents gave them a van and let them tool around the country, skip school, not get jobs, just like. Mystery Inc., they have no yeah. fucking clue what they're doing with their lives. Let's keep it a whole buck. But, man, they can solve a mystery. <laughs> and that's they can, really mad. They can. I wonder, I wonder if, I wonder if the whole, like, the parents are bankrolling Mystery Inc., and they're basically having them go out into the world and, like, expose their competitors so that their parents can move in and, like, scoop up all of this cheap property because the people who did have it got busted for doing like weird shit and masks like <laughs> just open dead. your third eye baby like <laughs> okay i see where you're going there I, hold right that, hold on to that and I'll, I'll reach out to you in a little bit now that the writers are back writing we're gonna we're gonna go to we're gonna go to whoever owns scooby-doo now i think it still is Warner brothers we need to, we didn't take a meeting because i like where you're going with that <laughs> see yeah <laughs> All right, so um, they end up going down the tunnel and they find this ritual room, and so Velma kind of just, just jumps the gun. <laughs> She's like, "Jess, you said she was uh, dragged, but there was footprints. She walked down here, and then I guess she was just waiting in the shadow. But she was like, very clever, Velma. I'm like, oh, Simone, you're here. <laughs> like, not really. Like, this is this is pretty obvious. To anybody who was paying even the slightest bit of attention." Yes, yes. Um, and so basically, they end up going through this whole entire monologue. And yeah, like John was saying, we find out that the the pirates arrived to bury the treasure, but also to again a horrible way to die. Just like force all of the settlers into the swamp where they get eaten by gators. And luckily, Simone and Lena were able to stay behind, and so they end up taking out. They end up praying to their cat god because no one saw that coming. <laughs> no one saw cat gods and cat where where cats coming. They end up transforming Again, and murdering. And how, how, how old yeah. was I in 98? I was six years old. So, yeah, six-year-old me definitely, definitely didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, that is such a weird <laughs> plot line to throw out there. Like, you know, not only are the zombies kind of sort of the good guys, but they're the victims and cat people. <laughs> cat, <laughs> demon, god, peep, cult people. Like, yo, six-year-old me... I was flabbergasted. I was beside myself. I, I didn't know what was happening. I, I know I'm making fun of it now, but here's the thing. I don't think this is too far from like the, the lore of Southern Gothic of the Southern Gothic genre. This is definitely them tapping into Southern lore because if and you, we love it and we love Southern Gothic. Oh, yes. Please. Yes. Cause again, I referenced true blood earlier. <laughs> if you've read those books and if you know the real, like what really goes on the real story, there are cat people that, you know, or just having sex with a waitress from at a diner. Like there, there are cat like wear cats all throughout that book series that was uh, that the original show is based on. So it's like they they, they did their research. There are for some reason the South has a unique connection to cat. You know, wear cats. At I, wear pants. I, I want the slightest bit interested in the show, but I might need to pick up these books. Yeah, those those books are. Uh, I have not read them, but I've watched many of YouTube videos that have described them and listened to. Podcasts but also, I. Them. But also, I feel. But all on the same on the on the flip side, I feel weird about Confederate vampires. 
Mm. Feel, feel real weird about that. Yeah, I don't like the I I don't like the fact that Confederate vampires are kind of like the thing now. But hey, even 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 though like listen like uh like again Damon from Vampire Diaries he's, he has a place in my heart. I hated him in the first season, then I realized oh he's just he's he he's just a lovesick puppy who likes to drink, and it's like I relate. So yeah. And you know if cat if cat gods didn't also get you off guard voodoo they can do voodoo as well because they start using these wax figures and throwing everybody across the room and tying them up and again just terrifying they really did go through a lot of the horror in this this end, these white people here. should not be able to do voodoo <laughs> but if they have the power of cats I feel like there's an exception this I I don't care I don't care about your cat god first of all first of all boss would never. <laughs> First of all, let's still jot that down. Yeah. Bost would never like. Yeah, they. Bost, you bring you old bring, assumption. You, you old bring assumption your... to think that this would be Egyptian, <laughs> and secondarily, bold assumption to make the statement that white people would never do voodoo. Have you ever even been to New Orleans, dog? Like, no, I, I, I'm not saying <laughs> they wouldn't, but I'm saying it's like I don't think the spirits don't like that shit. The spirits don't like that shit. Listen to me. Well, Y'all remember the story? <laughs> Y'all remember that the story of that of that girl that tried to tried to summon uh, uh, Papa Legba to murder or, or to to like get revenge on her ex, and she and and he fucking murdered her because the the Loa don't play that shit. Like, mm. no, ma'am, don't do that. Uh, uh-uh. yeah. don't play with don't play with stuff you don't know what you what you're talking about. Also, sidebar: uh, they're in Louisiana. Where are all the black people? <laughs> there was nothing but like white people yeah on. is it black people not gonna go to no random white lady's house <laughs> that is also true on, a, on, on an island, island. <laughs> on an island <laughs> true we ain't our, ancest- our ancestors were like uh last time we got on boats to a weird island um did not go well did not go well so yeah we not we're not about it we're not doing it right right <laughs> All right, so uh, from there, after their big monologue, they try to suck the life out of them. <laughs> and again, we could talk about the chase scene oh. between Scooby and Shaggy <laughs> and Jock, and they end up crashing in like always in every episode of Scooby-Doo, and they follow the plans. Although, another scary part, the wax dolls kind of like, you know, fall near this fire, and then everyone starts melting, and I'm like, oh, that must that has to hurt, and then they kick it away. And so Velma's able to free everybody. And they kind of, uh, they use kind of the rip, rip clothing because at this point they're full on cat people. And Shaggy and Scooby, as always, sacrificing themselves so everyone else can, you know, save them. And uh, it's a pretty good climax. It's a pretty good climax. I wish there was more of a fight between everyone, but they use the wax figures to get rid of them. Then the zombies kind of fight back. And then uh, once the, the moon dial passes the midnight point, well, there goes their immortality. <laughs> and they just, again, another terrifying scene. They just, like, disintegrate into just bones and energy. And it's like, Damn. Also, the fact that they missed one deadline and it's like, nope, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> All of that hard work gone. <laughs> they have no, no rollbacks. <laughs> they were they they were on point for 200 years. They missed one midnight and nope, we're done. <laughs> Cat God said no. <laughs> All because of these meddling kids and a fake All gardener. Because of these meddling kids and their dumb dog. And a fake gardener, yes. And a fake gardener who's actually a fed. Like. I love that reveal. He's like, my name's Bo, but I'm actually a detective. I've been working this case because people kept going missing. 
And so your your plot was to work for them. <laughs> Actually, I take it back. I take it back. Bo can't get it because he's a fed, and we don't fuck with twelve. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Zarya, again, I think about stories I would write, and this is something I would 100% have your FBI character do. Yeah. <laughs> Be a gardener for uh, the villain. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> this is something I would definitely write. Be like, Zarya, this would be so cool. I can definitely see Agent Martin going in, <laughs> trying to get on, like, as, like, a gardener or a cook. Right. Whole time she's solving this case. <laughs> Delivery man. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um, I'm trying to make sure I cover everything at the end here. Um oh yeah, Morgan Moonscar pops up and says thank you. Though thank you. again, I'm pretty sure like John was saying, pretty sure you murdered a whole lot of people. <laughs> yeah, Morgan Moonscar is not a good dude, but like I mean, he's also been like his his Spirit has been trapped on this godforsaken island for like 200 years. So he's probably kind of softened up a bit at this point. Right. But I mean, he's probably going to hell. <laughs> Straight. He's still, probably going to, he's still probably going to hell, but after 200 years, you kind of just, you, you can't. That's a lot of time to, to reflect. It's a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of, uh, again, like flashback from like a past episode, but oh, like one of our most popular episodes is when we did My Friend Dahmer and we were talking about <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer and how like he was still polite at some times. It was like, <laughs> I think Zari, you're the one that said it like, you know, at least he was considerate. <laughs> so like, at least we, Morgan was considerate and saying thank you before going straight to hell <laughs> for all the murders he committed. <laughs> like bro was a straight up pirate <laughs> and not the cool kind. <laughs> But, you know, he had manners. And so um, that's pretty much the movie. They ended on like a sunset. Bo and Velma spark up some more common interest. Daphne and Fred get a hint at their romance. And Scooby and Shaggy eat more peppers. Um, yeah, again, like I said, that's you're, you're You're forgetting the cats with the creepy eyes that are then following Scoob. Oh, yeah. And, of course, the after credits scene. Oh, in which Scoob is then feeding those cats. <laughs> big questions. Big questions to be had. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because this is kind of sort of where the return to Zombie Island kind of picks up. They keep the cats. And so they hint that the cat people are still around. Not Lena and Simone, but there's a big hint throughout the movie, like an unsolved part of the mystery, that there is more cat people from the cult that still live on the island. That's where it kind of like the that's kind of like the underlining uh, plot line happening that they don't really follow up on too much in the movie, but they hint at it a lot. And then also, so Return to Zombie Island, the the sequel, they pick up with the whole Morgan Moonscar stuff still. Basically, there's people looking for the treasure still, and so that they kind of pick up on that half of the story. Which again, it was like it's it's a okay like sequel because they do find a thread that you kind of forget about. You forget that Morgan Moonscar kind of buried treasure on the island, and again, it's a fake out because it's not about the treasure. It's about these, the fact that he murdered an entire like clan of people. But the the sequel picks up on like okay, we need to find the treasure, and that's where the mystery sets in. So I just wanted to bring that up. But yeah, I'm glad you brought up the cats. There, there's a whole lot of cats, and their owners just died. So I don't know who I don't know. Who's gonna feed these cats? Because <laughs> like Jacques dead <laughs> too. <laughs> Looked like Scooby was doing a pretty good job, to be honest. I mean, true, but he can't hey, take them all back with him. <laughs> I don't know if fairy looks pretty big to me. True. Also, who's controlling the fairy now that did we ever see like now that Jacques dead? 
I figured it was probably the cop. True. I guess he. I guess he's stationed there, or you know, I get no. We see Snakebite. Like, he's on his little boat with his pig. So, well, Snakebite hates tourists, and Bo's a cop. So eventually, they're gonna have to get somebody else to handle the ferry. Like, sure, true, true. But that was that was just mm, like, yes, because <laughs> cops can't drive ferries. It's against the law. <laughs> if he was a good cop, he would just shut down the entire thing. <laughs> Exactly. Like, no like nobody's coming out. to nobody's coming to this island anymore. Like you're, we, we're shutting this whole thing down. It's, it's littered. It's littered and covered with dead remains. <laughs> like yeah, no one's allowed on this. You know, you know, some white people are gonna be all up in that biz. Like bad, oh bad. <laughs> all right, so that's pretty much our movie, our Scooby movie, if you will, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. As we end every show, we're gonna see if we recommend or not recommend. Alex, you are a special guest here, so you get to go first. Do you recommend Scooby Doo on Zombie Island? I know if you're listening to this right now, you've seen this movie. Please go back and watch it. It's it's spooky season. It's just a great watch. It's so much fun. It's nostalgia. Go watch the movie. Like you do, do do that favor to yourself. Bring yourself back to '98 when life was good. <laughs> All right, uh, John, do you recommend Scooby Doo on Zombie Island? Absolutely, it's fun watch. It's short, like you said. It's spooky season. Good animation. Good enough story. Nothing serious. It's a good time. Eight out of ten. Hey, look at that. And uh, Zarya, do you recommend Scooby Doo on Zombie Island? I do. John and Alex pointed out really good, good stuff. Um, same, the same thing applies to mine. Um, great music. I'll add that. Nice music. Um, yeah, easy watch. Definitely a recommend. Alrighty. And as for me, again, Scooby Doo fan, diehard. It, it's a recommend. This one never gets old. It just, you know, it's just, it's timeless at this point. And I do hope that future generations discover Scooby-Doo and discover this movie specifically. But yeah, this one's good. Again, a lot of the horror is probably the most horrific, aside from Mystery Incorporated, that the franchise has ever gotten. And it, it holds up still. Um, again, I'm not a big like zombie dude, so this movie is definitely up there with like one of the best zombie movies for me. Even though, you know, it's very morally ambiguous zombies. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I definitely recommend this movie. It just never gets old. It's, it's beautiful. Like you said, great music. I agree with you guys. It just my, yeah, again, I, I have the same kind of sentiment. If you have not seen this movie in a long time, definitely take the time to rewatch it and you'll, so much will flood back to you, but you, you'll probably pick up on a lot of things about it that you never noticed as a child. Like it, just watching it as an adult was a trip for me and I, I was really enjoying it. All right, and so that's our show. Thank you guys for joining. Alex, thank you for coming on, man. It was great having you. Thank you for having me, dude. This was so cool. I'm so, I am so I can't wait to go back and listen to this and just critique everything that I just said. Yes, man. Um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thank you. I, I hopefully I get to come back and do this again with you. Definitely. Thank definitely you, uh, John and Zaria. You guys are so cool. I loved you guys on every episode you've been on. So, like, this was really cool to get to do this with you guys. So, thank you. Yes, definitely great having you on, man. Uh, John, welcome back. Haven't heard from you in a minute. It was great having you on here. It was great being back, my dude. Thank you for having me again. Scooby-Doo was a fun time. It was a pleasure to meet you, Alec. And Zarya, it was a pleasure to meet you as well. It's always good to talk to you, Walter. 
Yes, yes. I've, I've missed your voice, man. <laughs> I know we, we talk to each other every day anyway, but like, I've missed your voice. Yes. Zarya, as always, my partner in crime at this point. <laughs> Great having you back on after your long or really short hiatus. <laughs> it was two weeks. Yeah, two weeks is good. <laughs> but I but I still came back to say hi. Right. <laughs> I love that about you. Oh man. All right. Um, really quickly, anybody you know, Alex, I know you do a lot. You're doing a lot. Do you want to take the time to plug some things real quick? Um, yeah, man. If you like my voice, even though I I've been fighting my allergies and also been drinking quite a bit, if you still like my voice, I know you would love um my band kid romantic um we're on spotify we're on apple music we're on amazon we released a single back in august we have an ep out radio roses go check that out wherever you stream music you know i would really appreciate that you know check up with us on on social medias and stuff because you know those those uh those things matter so yeah check out my band kid romantic um, linktree.com slash we are kid romantic or just we are kid romantic on spot on uh, Instagram as links to all of our stuff. Yeah, if you like, you know, like early 2000s emo pop punk kind of vibes, go check out my band. I would really appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, yes. Run up my boy, guys. Uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode. Next time you hear from us, we will be tackling uh, Suspiria, a nice little Italian movie from 1977. Uh, one of my favorite movies, something that Sheldon really liked, and I plan to have another special guest on that episode. But that'll be our 150th episode, and I'm really excited. I'm really surprised that we've made so many episodes <laughs> and have gotten this far. Uh, and so our, just three more episodes, and we're going to reach 150. And then by the end of the year, we'll have 200 episodes solid, and I think that's going to be incredible. Um, after that, we're getting to a, a much much anticipated movie of the year. We've been planning to do this for such a long time. We were tackling the original Alien from 1979, finishing out October. And then uh, what we got, I have a lot of uh, really interesting things planned for November, but I'll save that. But yeah, I'm really glad to see uh, as we kind of wind down and end the season, we're going to be ending with a lot of classic uh, horror films. And I'm really, really excited about that. But um, as of right now, thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you again on the murder board. John, you want to hit us with that sound bite? Would you do it for a Scooby snack?